And that's kind of what sustainability is truly all about right now is like just having the conversation and sharing these sort of like dialogues with folks to get people to hopefully enact some change as opposed to like pretending like it's not happening and and we just go about our day and you know. Welcome to another episode of Pay to Draw, the illustration podcast about how to make it in the design world by pushing the pen tool. I'm one of your hosts, Victoria Chihon, aka Vicky. I'm an illustrator from Berlin who sometimes does hand lettering and whose introductions lack pizzazz. <laughs> so beware. Here's my co-host, Berlin-based, incredible illustrator, humble hand letterer, significant sign painter, former punk brat and skate rat, the Dr. Okay. Pepper and Spätzle-loving David Leutert. Wow, I feel flattered. Thank you very much. <laughs> you should um, be. <laughs> yeah, wow. The emphasis is on incredible. And for, former punk that also. Amazing. I've changed. Um, hi, my name is David Leutert, but you may call me Dave. Um, I don't have an introduction prepared at all. I'm an illustrator <laughs> and lettering artist. Shame on you. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Also from Berlin, but um, not calling in from Berlin this time. Both Vicky and I are out of town. Um, she's calling in from rural Brandenburg. I'm back home in my hometown of Nuremberg, um, painting a mural. So uh, we'll, we'll try not to mess this up. Bear with us. Um, Today, I'd like to introduce you to our wonderful guest, Scott Biersack, aka You Bring Fire. Scott is a designer, illustrator, and type designer based in Phoenix, Arizona. He has worked for clients like Adobe, Bacardi, BuzzFeed, Netflix, Snapchat, Starbucks, and Target. His work takes on whatever form is necessary to solve the problem at hand. Scott lives by the motto, no work, all play. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was a wonderful introduction. <laughs> thank That's you. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to chat with you guys today. Good to have you. That's an awesome uh, motto as well. No work, all play. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it kind of just like it kind of just hit me one day. I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? I need to enjoy everything that I'm doing, especially if like clients are hiring me to do this work. And I just like kind of like had this epiphany one day and I was like, all right, everything's going to be about having fun yeah. from here on yes. out. So yes. that's, that's it. Do you ever, do you ever not experience fun as part of your job? I know this, this might be somewhat redundant, <laughs> but I feel like you can't, oh, you can't always enjoy your job, right? There must be <laughs> some of downsides. Yeah. Honestly. What's the worst part of being a designer for oh, you? Dude, that's a great question. Um, the worst part, of course, I think it's just being a freelance designer is, of course, having to track yeah. down payments, mm -hmm. having to go through that entire process of not only being the designer, but being the account manager, the finance department, the mm -hmm. everything that you need to run a business. And so that's probably the <laughs> shittiest part. But like, luckily, you know, I think I do that stuff pretty well so where I can like balance the, the business side and mm -hmm. the creative side. Um, and so I don't have like a huge issue with it. Uh, outside of like when a client uh, kind of like disappears. And that's when I have yeah. an issue with it. 
when I'm like trying to track down payments and stuff, that's when it's like, oh my gosh, should I be a freelance designer anymore? It's the worst. Does that happen a lot to you though? Do clients ghost you? Not, lot? thankfully not frequently. Yeah, it has happened more recently. I think because of the pandemic, maybe, you know, a lot of things are always ebbing and flowing because of the pandemic. And this, the past two years, I had about three or four clients do that where they kind of like, well, one or two ghosted me and then another one like just had a t uh, difficult mm -hmm. time paying me. Um, and like, I get it. Like the, the pandemic took a yeah. toll on everybody. So it's it's tough. And like at that point, you just kind of have to be empathetic and understand that we're all kind of like going through mm -hmm. this together. And so like, you know, I, I don't have any hard feelings. It's just it's just tough because we're all trying to make yeah. it. And, uh, you know, again, just kind of like have to have like an empathetic heart towards this, the whole situation. Yeah, I feel like you can always talk about stuff like this. Like I I am never angry when a client says, hey, uh, I don't think I can pay this month. Can we figure something out? I just th feel like ghosting is right. just plain rude. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, let's just have a dialogue about it, have a conversation, because as a freelancer, you're willing to make sacrifices and move things around and change schedules and whatever you need to do to, like, make everybody happy at the end of the day. But, like, when clients just kind of disappear, yeah. that's when it becomes an issue. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your career path, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, that's that's also a great question. It's it's been like a, a weird a weird process because none of this was ever planned. Like I never planned really? to be a graphic designer. <laughs> that was uh, well, sorry, I planned to be a graphic designer, but I never planned to be a graphic designer that specialized <laughs> mostly in like lettering and type design and like being a freelance designer too. Like I've never I never planned to work towards any of that stuff. I literally thought that I would you know be a, a an agency or an in-house sort of sort of designer for like mm. forever until um, I started like sharing all my work on social media back in like 2012 or 2013 when um, social media was like at its peak. You know, it was like a, an easy time to sort of stand out from everybody else around that time because the algorithms didn't exist yet. Yeah. So it was like so much easier to just like share your work and get mm -hmm. seen. Um, so that's kind of like how my uh, sort of like freelance lettering career sort of just like fell into my lap is like I gave myself this project um, where I drew a new piece of lettering every single day for an entire year. Oh, wow. Shared it to Instagram, uh, Twitter, Dribble. I posted it in all the places I could possibly post it. And, uh, you know, thanks to social media, people were seeing my stuff. And then like because I was just doing stuff for myself, clients just naturally saw the work that I was doing and then asked me to yeah. do it for them. And then I've just been freelancing ever since. So it's been like nine years at this point of freelancing, which is wild to think about. I just feel, <laughs> I feel so old because of that, but it's like, it's been super, it's been super cool to like see the the process and the progress along yeah. the way. Um, again, none of it was re really planned. It just kind of like, just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And I think you just age faster as a freelancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if you can it's see, but my gray hairs are coming oh, wow. in. <laughs> and you're still in your 20s, aren't you? You're a, yeah, you're I'm a, only 28. Oh. Wow. How, and how, I'm how, 28 and then my gray hairs are just flourishing <laughs> right now from all the stress. It's <laughs> a good look. How long have you, when, when, did you, when did you start with design? 
Um, I started with design actually in high school. So I took like a, a graphic design class in high school. Mm-hmm. And then um, my teacher at the time went through the design program at Arizona State University. And she kind of like pushed me in that direction. Like I always thought I was going to be like an artist, a quote unquote artist. You know, I was doing a lot of painting um, in my art classes. I took like art class from like kindergarten up until I graduated high school too. Mm-hmm. So I've always been interested in art, every form of art imaginable. But then like I took a design class and I thought, oh, these two things are the same. You know, like I could get an easy A. And, mm-hmm. um, and then like it kind of pushed me in that direction because I found um, design to be a bit more uh, a bit more fun. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how that came to be. Like it just kind of, again, like I didn't plan on that either. It just kind of happened because I took that class and my teacher sort of like guided me to, to go through the, the program at ASU. And then, you know, I ended up doing that and that ultimately pushed me into more type and lettering stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just been like this domino effect almost. Cool. That's awesome. So here's a bit of a controversial question, I guess. I just, okay. <laughs> it's just something I've been thinking about a lot, right? And uh, this would, this podcast is called Pay to Draw. So we mainly talk to illustrators or people who either draw for a living or are in the business of drawing. You know, we maybe will talk to some art directors at some point, just people affiliated with the drawing world. Mm -hmm. And um, you're just one of those designers that's just a really, really good uh, drafts person. You're just incredible. Both your lettering is just top notch and your illustrations are incredible. Um, Thank you. Do you think it's important for designers to know how to draw? Because I always feel like maybe I'm just a bit old school or something, but I never fully understood how, I, I know a lot of graphic designers who just sit down, um, you know, open up Adobe Illustrator and then just push some shapes around and then things happen. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it, you, I, I feel like you can create interesting layouts that way. I just don't know how people do it. I always feel like in order to visualize a, an idea or a concept, I need to draw it, not necessarily on paper. I'm sure an iPad would do too, just, you know, a somewhat intuitive right. software or something, which Adobe Illustrator is not at all. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. how, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get how designers design without drawing, not even being, you don't even have to be good at drawing. It just has to, I feel like it has to be a part of your practice, but um, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I feel like there's like a, a Doyle Young quote about something similar to this, where mm-hmm. he says something along the lines of like, you know, drawing makes you a better designer and designing makes you a better drawer. And like those two things kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the exact quote is, but I remember reading something along those lines and I completely agree because, um, well, the work that I do, um, as you know, I went through the ASU graphic design program. And so like, I do have that background in quote unquote design. Um, but it's interesting now the work that I mostly do is more in the illustration realm. Um, but having that design knowledge and the illustration knowledge, ultimately is going to make your work that much better or that much more unique because you're having to um, apply graph design techniques and concepts to the illustration world mm-hmm. um, and ultimately like make better compositions at the end of the day. Uh, like I've seen illustrators that lack the design knowledge and it could be something as simple as like color theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that sort of difference in, in like the lack of that design knowledge. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I completely agree that uh, doing both things is 
uh, crucial if you want to like have your work be you know that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and like every type of project that I take on, I consider myself more of a generalist. Like a lot of the work I've been doing more recently has been day rate related work. Okay. So a client might come to me and say like, "Hey, we need you to like illustrate these uh, storyboards." Um, and sometimes those storyboards involve like graph design, like layout work, but as well as like integrating illustration work too. Mm-hmm. So it's like being able to do like a mixture of everything allows me to, um, I guess, flow through the process a bit easier as opposed to, you know, maybe handing it off to somebody else because you're like, well, I can't, I can't do anything else anymore because like, I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a, a perfect example, but like, I've noticed that both realms of design and illustration are like, you know, 100% fluent in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like crucial to like every, everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've, I mean, you're a jack of all trades and I feel like it, it pays off. It kind of reminds me of my very first um, job at, at uh, as a graphic designer at an ad agency. And one, one of my colleagues, not nice. going to na- name any names, but she would always say, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever she... Um, had to lay out a brochure or something. So just say, I'm not a layout. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not a layouter. I don't work in right. design. And it, I mean, that's kind of like an easy way out and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just kind of also right. something you, you mentioned is, and I've, I've noticed a lot of illustrators just, um, maybe lack, um, certain typographic fundamentals, which it, that, I mean, that's, yes. a, it's, yeah. uh, own discipline, you know? Um, and yeah, I agree. V- both Vicky and I went, went to design school together, um, in Nuremberg. That's where we met. And I remember nice. one of our illustration teachers told us that a lot of, from her experience, a lot of illustrators just are not very good at type. And that I, I just remember that so vividly. And I, I don't know if it was that moment that I, when I, when I decided to just really, you know, focus on this lettering thing, maybe not, but it definitely mm-hmm. planted a seed, you know, I just, that's where I started paying attention and I noticed that it yeah. is, yeah, I mean, it's also just, but most illustrators don't just necessarily have a background in graphic design, you know, that's not, right. it's common, but right. it's not I mean, essential. It's not. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't know how schools are set up um, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how the disciplines are, but in at ASU, the art school is like completely separate from the design school. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting how they, just from an education standpoint, um, they're not even intermixed whatsoever. So if you, like, if I wanted to take an illustration class, I had to like change my entire major just to like, uh, take those classes. Oh, wow. So it was okay. kind of, it was kind of a pain in the ass to take art classes if I wanted to, um, as a designer going through through college. So yeah, it's interesting to see like the separation there when in reality, if you ask me, like they should be like intermixed, like without a problem. Yeah. I think the same, the same way as, um, as a designer, you should know a little bit about photography. Yeah. You should know how to edit photos and know if it's a good photo and I don't know, color correct and stuff like this. I think like you, you have to know a little bit from everything. Exactly. And it's like, it's like, that's a perfect uh, analogy too, is like understanding like a little bit from each world so that when you do, like as a designer, that's kind of what design is. You're understanding like these little bits and pieces and then making, you know, putting together the puzzle from those bits and pieces. So um, I completely agree. Yeah. I want to ask you about one of your Instagram posts recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's because it's, your Instagram. 
Yeah. <laughs> because I love talking about politics and not a lot of people do like that, I've noticed. Yeah. And um, you mentioned in one of your posts that you hold yourself and your work to uh, certain values and that is also environmentalism. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the steps you take to do your part of slowing down climate change. Um, however, also the awareness that not everyone has the ability to make consumer changes and that individuals are not fully to blame, but rather fossil fuel companies. Mm -hmm. Like what are ways a designer can affect change with their work? Oh, it's a deep, that's a deep question for sure. Um, and, you know, for something like that, there's no easy answer, right? Everyone's uh, ability to, um, I guess, make an impact or make a change is going to be completely different because everyone's income is completely different. Everyone's uh, lifestyle is completely different. So for me personally, um, I can speak to that just because I know my own experience. Um, it might be something as simple as like, Uh, I'm going to sell some t-shirts. Okay, if I want to get some t-shirts made, I can source exactly where those t-shirts are made, what they're made from, um, how they're printed, what types of inks they're used. Um, you know, are they plant-based inks? Are they soy-based? That sort of thing. And then even something as simple as like understanding the packaging that you're putting in. Like mm -hmm. some, uh, I think a lot of designers make a lot of products and then they just ship out shit left and right. But yeah. I try to be very conscious about all that stuff. And I purchase uh, products that are biodegradable or um, recyclable to some degree so that when like every little facet of this package that is then sent to somebody can hopefully be at one point recycled or renewed or degraded or whatever. Yeah. So that yes, at the end of the day, it is more sustainable. So um, for me personally, that's been a lot of like, it just requires a bit more research and of course, Sadly, it's a bit more expensive because these um, items are a bit harder to come by. I think they're not as like widely uh, widely used or very common. Yeah. Um, so they're harder to harder to track down, but like they exist. Um, so if I have the means to um, make sure every little facet of this package is going to be able to be recycled, then I'm going to you know make sure I do that. Um, so yeah, I mean like again like. That question is so deep. That's just kind of like from a product standpoint, but even from a uh, like a client standpoint, like mm. if a client comes to me and they are saying like, hey, we have this huge ad campaign and we're going to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. I generally try to make suggestions. Like what if we did this? Um, so that way the client understands like, okay, this, this artist truly gives a shit about the environment and the impact he's making. Maybe we should give a shit about the environment and the impact we're making. Yeah. You know, it almost like causes the client to question their decisions and go back to their team and be like, hey, what if we did, you know, X, Y, and Z? And they propose a different um, sort of solution or alternative. And that's kind of what uh, sustainability is truly all about right now is like just having the conversation and sharing uh, these sort of like dialogues with folks to get people to hopefully enact some change as opposed to like pretending like it's not happening and and we just go about our day and you know yeah. mm -hmm. that sort of thing so a lot of it you know comes down to just having a conversation mm -hmm. and that's try that's kind of what i try to do with all kinds of you know my new clients that come in like i'm trying to be very purposeful about the values that i have mm -hmm. and make sure that they know like where i stand um and then now 
Um, thankfully, because I've been so busy and like I've, I have so much work coming in that I am able to take a portion of all these donations and then give back to like the Arbor Day Foundation to plant some trees. Oh, cool. So okay. like I try to then like, yeah, I try to like take all the, you know, even though I might get paid from a project that might not be as sustainable, I can still feel a bit better about taking on a project because I know that I'm still going to be you know, making a, a difference or an impact in some small way. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. Like, even if it was one tree, like I still feel good about one tree as opposed to no trees. So yeah, like I try to make, I try to make a, a donation um, when I have the means to, but again, that's just like, that's why it's a difficult decision because everybody's like situation is completely different. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I had a, I had an agency reach out to me um, about a project for a fast fashion company Barf. And Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. yeah, <laughs> I mean, the agency I knew and I, I kind of wanted to work with them, but then right. I, I got really nervous telling them that I don't want to work for a fast fashion brand. And I sent yeah. out the email and I, I got really nervous because I, who am I to say no to right. these jobs right. and they're never going to work with me ever again. <laughs> And then they replied and said, yeah, it's all cool. Um, when we have something sustainable, we will contact you. Oh, that's and it was, so interesting. That's it was awesome. such a relief. Cool. And yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, they are probably aware that this is not the best company and they probably have reasons why yeah. they work with them. But I right. was happy about that little bit of um, hope for more sustainable yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so cool. I mean, like you kind of have to be proud of yourself in the moment too, because you're like standing up for what you believe in and yeah. your values. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're essentially like saying like, hey, I'm not gonna budge on this because this is what I believe in. And like, you know, that's that's something to be proud of. So yeah. it's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. You mentioned packaging and, and fashion and I, I just feel like there, there's there's also just so, something so satisfying about um, creating something for you know just sustainable objects or just something that doesn't you mm -hmm. know doesn't go straight into the trash like you know like single use plastic right. is the enemy it's not just it's yes. I, it makes me feel yeah. horrible about myself you know no matter how yeah. proud I may be about the design but the fact of the matter is it goes straight into the trash you know once it's consumed and same with just right. you know I I don't know I feel like. Uh, I need to get off of my high horse, but I feel like if I was a designer for like <laughs> Primark or H&M, you know, and they have six seasons and you just, you, you yeah. design for just like cheap garbage products that people just buy and you know they're gonna throw it in the trash a month or two later. And it's just, yeah, uh, it breaks my heart, but um, what can I do? It's I agree, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like what, sadly, that's kind of what like being an illustrator and designer is all about is like feeding into these um, advertising campaigns and we're a part of it. So that's yeah. why I try to like make a difference in whatever way that I can, because we know that we can at least have a voice to some degree. Right. Well, I saw that you've been going back to school for music. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. And uh, I, I think you mentioned that you'd never been much of a musician before. Um, I I saw on one of your tweets, you just started playing the guitar like a couple of months ago and you're actually getting really good at it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, what what role does would you say does music play in your life at this point right now? Has music always been an important yeah. part of your life? You just never... Um, did you just use to consume it and yeah. not create actively? <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly, exactly that. I was mostly more of a consumer where I would just like, I'd be really moved by a lot of music to the point where it's like, you know, an emotional journey. I mean, like that's kind of what music really mm-hmm. is. And uh, literally one day, I don't know what happened. I just woke up with this, cre- you know, when you get a creative urge and you're just like, Jesus Christ, I have to make this thing or else. Yes. <laughs> you know, yep. you know what I'm talking about? Like somehow, like you're just like, I have to make this. And if I don't, I'm going to go insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what happened with music. I woke up and I was like, I have to make music. Okay. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> I was like, I was like, shit, I don't know how to make music. <laughs> How do I even like start this process? Um, Cause yeah, like I didn't play any instruments. Um, I don't know anything about music whatsoever other than consuming it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one day I just woke up with this urge. And so um, literally like two weeks later I started researching schools and programs. And then like three weeks later I was enrolled at the Berkeley College of Music. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't looked back ever since. I've been uh, That's awesome. I've been taking music theory classes, uh, music production classes. I'm doing uh, you know every sort of class imaginable to sort of like build that foundation to be like a quote unquote song writer, so that I can like kind of uh, be the jack of all trades there as well. Um, and then yeah, I picked up guitar and piano, so I've just been practicing every day. Like that's kind of a, you know a part of the music thing. I think um, I needed an instrument, mm-hmm. uh, and guitar has been kind of like in the back of my head as well. And it's just kind of like yeah, kind of just like snowballed like i i went pretty hard and i'm still going pretty hard with with music and i've been enjoying i've been enjoying it so much it's so nice to like feed into another um creative avenue Mm -hmm. um outside of design and illustration and um, i haven't had anything like that Mm -hmm. to like sort of express myself um for a long time and so i've just been in like the right place at the right time and um, I've just been doing it all online so far and it's been, it's been great. It's been a journey, but it, like to answer your question, um, like the role it plays in my life, um, you know, I guess, uh, I've been doing a lot more, uh, introspective work through therapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of how these values came about as well. Right. And music, I think has always been one of those things where I was like, yeah, I would love to make my own music at some point. And I just kept pushing it off. And I was just like, you know, with the state of the world, I was like, shit, I don't know how much longer we're going to live. So I got to like, <laughs> oh, no. I got to lean into this. Yeah. I, know, I know. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to bring the mood down and get negative here. But <laughs> but like, it's it's a scary thought, you know, yeah. it's the anxiety that's always looming in the back of our heads of like, you know, what if politicians don't do anything about climate change and we're just kind of fucked? Mm-hmm. You know, and so anyway, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, life's too short, so I'm gonna lean into this while I can. And uh, you know, I look at it as a means of, of, of course, self-expression and also just therapy, just to like work through shit on my own through a creative avenue that isn't design and illustration. So that's kind of how it all came to be, and I've been enjoying the journey. It's been good. Cool. Do you? I have to ask. Do you? Do you? collaborate with anyone do you have like do you have people i don't know do you have a band or people creating beats for you or something or are you is this just like a just a one person endeavor because well the the reason i'm asking is i i used to play drums for a while but i for like 10 years or something we got a jam well hold on (laughs) (laughs) i was i never got i never i never got good i was always good enough to play in like shitty punk bands but i just never got really good because i 
Dude, that's okay. Bring myself to practice, right? I think for like a solid seven years or so, I would take, um, you know, drum lessons, and I would go in every week yeah. and just feel horrible about myself because I didn't, I didn't practice again, and my teacher knew I didn't practice. I still kind of wanted Aww. to get good at it and learn, but I just never got yeah. any good because I didn't practice because I didn't enjoy practicing. <laughs> I only enjoyed, you know, jam hanging out with my friends and jamming, maybe playing shows, yeah. even if they're bad, but just, yeah, just having that. Just the communal aspect of it, right? And the, then I yeah, the kind of realized yeah. that the other thing that I'm actually sort of good at is drawing. And I, I actually, not only do I in, enjoy it more when I'm alone, I kind of have to be alone in order to really get something done. So I kind of just right. focused on on drawing from from that. But uh, how how's that for you? Do you do you? That's awesome. Have you um, just been teaching yourself how to play the, gu the guitar, or? Yeah, it's all been like because you know I, the school that I'm going to, the Berklee College of Music, is in Boston. I okay. don't want to move to Boston. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> that that's too cold for, it is for cold. me. <laughs> but mm -hmm. but uh, so since since it's all online, yeah, I'm just doing it from the comfort of my home. Um, it's it's got its ups and downs, of course. I do miss that communal community sort of aspect where you can kind of like hang out with your classmates and like have a good time and jam and like learn from one another. Um, but yeah, like I don't, since I'm so new into the musical realm, I don't have anybody sort of like in my circle mm -hmm. because I don't know any musicians. Like I'm so new to it that I, like, I just, i never hang out around other musicians. Uh, so that's, that's still very, very new for me. Um, but I hope, you know, in time that'll all change. Like my, my goal is to, you know, at one point release an album, mm -hmm. you know, whenever, whenever that is, I don't know, mm -hmm. but, but like, that's the goal is to make my own music. And like, at some point, I'm sure, um, the collaboration aspect will come into play. What, what kind of music are you going for? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I have no idea. I have <laughs> okay. no, I literally have no clue. Um, you know, I, I actually listen to a lot of heavy metal. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine I would make uh metal music like i have no intention of doing that okay but i i know that the the metal sort of scene and even like pop punk and like punk stuff rock all that stuff will kind of like influence whatever work that i will be creating um so it'll be interesting to see like how i create whatever i create because mm -hmm. i have no idea okay well if under oath ever needs a new guitar player <laughs> yes. dude i just saw under oath last night it was the, it was the best show of my life. that's why i brought so it up <laughs> yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> what a wild oh, coincidence. it was amazing yes good good i i feel like i kind of i couldn't i couldn't name a single under oath song but i did have my my own personal little metalcore phase there for a bit. Nice. Um, I feel like we I'm still to... in that phase. I used to. I, I never I... left. Oh, okay, good. good. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I used to like this band Killswitch Engage for some reason. Oh, I love Killswitch. Do you? Engage, okay. Man. I feel like if yeah. I listen to them, right, yeah. well, maybe I would still like them. I don't know. Yeah, I think you would. Okay, I think you would. <laughs> their new, their new album's pretty damn good. That's oh, they're all still I'm around. Give... Yeah, of okay, course cool. they are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like music really lives from collaborating. Like I understand what Dave yeah. said about drumming by yourself because I also am a drummer. <laughs> oh right. shit, small world. And I can absolutely understand the practicing by yourself bit. It's hard to get there. And I've also been taking drum yeah. lessons because I'm kind of new to it. Mm -hmm. And it's like every every time I get there, it's like, ah, oh, 
this is so embarrassing. I am an adult. Yeah. I'm paying for these lessons and I couldn't <laughs> find the time in two weeks to practice this to be a little better than last week. And it's like, <laughs> it really lives from the pressure of other people being there and they expect that you practice this. Otherwise, they will like be really pissed off because it's right. personal. And yes. um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think having other people around for music is really helpful. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm looking forward to that point where I get to, you know, collaborate with other people because that's kind of like I've been watching a lot of like process videos of how mm. albums are made and mm -hmm. like how people make their their songs and stuff. And there's always collaboration. Like there's always somebody that comes in and like plays a saxophone for this one part in the song. You know, it's because like musicians aren't learning every single instrument. Um, so, of course, the collaboration is like almost a necessity at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would. I'm stoked for that point when I get to that. But um, I'm I'm glad to hear you're doing drumming lessons. Like I want to do that too at some point. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like every music, uh, every instrument you start. Um, at first, it really it's going really fast, and you're getting better so yeah. fast, and then it slightly stagnates. So that's really hard yeah. to get through. But that's true. Like every time we had band practice, I'm just really happy afterwards. No matter how what I yeah. experienced before, it's just like making music together. It's like really changes something. I can't really. Nice. I love to hear it. <laughs> that's so cool. Cool. Yeah. And she's good too. I I I I saw you play the the other day with your band. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, at that concert i think i was still very stressed out like oh. this is still <laughs> like i think i just recently started enjoying playing live okay it's just like the last concert maybe i was like really ah, this is fun like i mm -hmm. can relax and not yeah. look like stressed out all the yeah. time and then <laughs> yeah. cramp up and have weak arms after the third song mm -hmm. but yeah, <laughs> it gets better <laughs> well it didn't show at all you seem very confident well thank stage. you um, but there, but there is really, there is something to just having someone else hold you accountable, just being, just having to show up and then, you know, it's going to be just, yeah. it's not going to be a good practice if that one person just, if one person just didn't, didn't do their part, you know? So I don't know. I kind of miss it sometimes, but anyway, this is not, not a music late. podcast, by the way. <laughs> 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 this is a TikTok podcast now. Exactly. We're <laughs> about to talk about the TikTok. The TikToks. We're about to TikTok a little more about social media. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm no, editing and I'm leaving. It. <laughs> yes. I love it. You have to keep it. I've been watching your TikToks just uh, honestly right before we started. <laughs> oh boy and they're very different from the instagram content like also the instagram reels you posted are kind of like they're i think more serious maybe or not as silly but the tiktok yeah uh, your tiktoks are really fun i really enjoyed myself um <laughs> thank you and yeah it's it's definitely a trend that social media is going towards the video content with Instagram trying to compete with TikTok. Mm -hmm. So how has that changed for you because you were posting on Instagram a lot that's how you how your career was was made and yeah I saw that you also tried to post a TikTok every day for a while. I did attempt that. Yes. <laughs> and um sorry continue. 
yeah, just uh, wondering how has what's what's the difference between posting documenting your work on Instagram and on TikTok? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question because like the two platforms are so drastically different. Yeah. Um, where like you could post a TikTok video on Instagram and it might not do as well because like the audiences at the end of the day are kind of like, I think at the core of it, what is very different between the platforms. Um, but yeah, I mean like for, for my TikTok, like again, it kind of comes back to like this motto, uh, no work, all play. Like I like had this epiphany where I was like, why am I taking myself so damn seriously all the time? Mm -hmm. And like trying to portray myself as like this, you know, hoity-toity fucking designer that's like, I know everything. But at the end of the day, we all know nothing is kind of what it feels like. Uh, and we're kind of just like meandering around in a dark room until we're like, oh, we found the, you know, the secret sauce or whatever. And uh, that's kind of uh, how TikTok happened for me. It was like, I had that epiphany and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna take myself so seriously anymore. I'm gonna have a good time with TikTok and make some stupid videos. Cause that's kind of what TikTok is. It's just <laughs> like a bunch of like silly videos that these, these teenagers are making um, in their bedrooms. And uh, you know, that's some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen is from TikTok. Yeah. And I just kind of wanted to like lean into that too. Um, but sort of like, you know, of course tie it back to what I'm doing. So of course, like some of it is design and illustration focused or like client focused or whatever, so that I can sort of relate it to the work that I'm doing. But um, yeah, it's been fun. Like I attempted to do a TikTok every day and I was going hard for like two months until I realized like I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I realized, I realized it wasn't sustainable for like everything else that I was juggling at the time. Um, and so I just told myself, I was like, look, I gave it my best shot. You know, I told myself I was going to do this, but that's okay. Like, it's okay to like not follow through with like what you tell yourself you're going to do. Yeah. Um, I just kind of uh, allow, um, kind of, we were kind of talking about this too, like being account, being held accountable. Like that's kind of why I told myself, okay, I'm going to post every day and make it known that I'm going to post every day so that my audience can be like, okay. Scott's going to post every day, mm -hmm. looking forward to his content, you know, and like that's where the accountability comes into play. And it made it so much easier to create content because, you know, someone's like kind of relying on it or waiting for it. And that made me like, OK, shit, I got to make a TikTok video today. <laughs> uh, but that's when I was like, OK, I can't keep doing this because um, at one point I could like feel myself like almost like hitting a burnout stage. Mm -hmm. I felt like the sort of decline that was kind of happening. And I told myself, like, I'm not going to do this. Like I, I know uh, kind of like what the depression feels like. I've hit that rock bottom before and I'm not going to like allow that to happen again. Mm -hmm. So I put I put it on pause for a bit. Um, I still like to make TikToks. It's just not as frequently at all. It's like once every like three or four months now. Yeah. But uh, but I enjoy it. Like TikTok's audience is completely different. So it's interesting to try and like find whatever that sort of niche is there. Because again, like your content that you're posting on Instagram might not do well on TikTok. So uh, TikTok, in, in my opinion, is more about like maybe more process stuff or maybe more behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and Instagram too, it can be. Um, it just depends on like how you're using reels and stories and all that stuff. For me, my audience uh, engagement is so low because of the algorithm that I just don't try anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's just hard to want to feed a machine yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and that at the end of the day, like I know I'm still getting client work. People are still seeing my stuff. So I'm not trying to feed the machine as I once was mm -hmm. um, because 
thankfully I've been very busy with, um, with other work that I don't need to like try and, um, sort of like portray the sense of being active all the time, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it's just like the nature of social media. They want you to be active all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's just hard to, obviously it's incredibly almost impossible to be active all the time. So yeah. Anyway, that kind of like took a side turn over here to like talking about algorithms and stuff, but like hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I also feel it's it's so strange um, when I post a lot, people tell me like, wow, there's so much going on with you. Like you have so much to do. And it's like exactly <laughs> yeah. the opposite. When I post all <laughs> right. the time, I am bored out of my mind. I have nothing to do or I'm just, I have too much free time. <laughs> and when I'm stressed out and I right. work constantly, I don't have the energy to also create social media yes. content. A hundred percent. I'm the exact same way. Like I think uh, when you're so bogged down with all the work that you're doing, it's hard to like try and uh, maintain a presence, if you will, yeah. on social media. So it's like, yeah, obviously at the end of the day, it's all a balance. Um, and I still try to remain active so people know I'm alive and well. <laughs> and like clients are like, oh, this guy, you know, is still available for hire. So I try yeah. to like post at least at least once a month at this point, at least on Instagram. But like Twitter has been my go-to place more recently because mm. I find I find myself having more um, engaged quality conversations and just like a overall good time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that everybody's experience is completely different. Some people like love Instagram and like I'm a, I'm a huge hater of Instagram now. Mm-hmm. It's just a bummer how it's just been like plummeting and they've been trying to copy everybody else out there. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of just pushing their audience away, if you ask me. But but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there's still hope. Uh, maybe something will come of, of those uh, antitrust lawsuits and they'll end up breaking up Meta from, yeah. from Instagram. There is hope still. But at, at this point in time, I'm just kind of, I'm also over it. It's, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm done with it, but it's just, it's, it's just so much work. And you just, yep. you're just you just end up scrambling for eyeballs and it's like, well, right. will, right. you know, will the algorithm allow me to, to allow people who are actively already subscribed to what I do, you know, will, yeah. will more than 10% of those people actually get to see what I, what I have to say or what I did this time. And it's just like, what, what, yeah. why, why am I even doing this? Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of work. Yeah. The, the thing that the thing that's kind of interesting to me about TikTok as opposed to Instagram, because it seems like it seems like a the polar opposite. Even though they're both, you know, big on Instagram is big on video content now, but just in in terms of yeah, just the the language and how people present themselves, it's it's just right. It's it seems way more authentic to me. It's just a lot mm. more just yes. stripped down. This is who I am. You know. Um, you just you don't you don't try to you're not all about you know trying to um present the the very best version of yourself necessarily yeah yeah i i completely agree and i think that's why tiktok is so um you know wonderful in that way is because you see like a raw uh sort of process image or even like just somebody talking to the camera and it's just it feels a bit more personal Mm -hmm. than like you said like a really polished like uh, Instagram post where you get, like you said too, is like seeing the best version of that person. Mm-hmm. And cause that's never the case, but like TikTok, you're seeing videos of people crying, uh, sharing about their day and like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, where they're, they're being very 
vulnerable mm-hmm. and authentic. And um, I'm, you know, I'm loving that. I would love to lean into more of that because at the end of the day, I think it um, it's going to bring about a bit more empathy in the world. Mm-hmm. And we need that more than anything. Yeah, we Absolutely. should all watch more people cry on our phones. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we need. We all need to like feel for one another, you yeah. know? That's all I ask. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I have another question for you. Okay. And this one, I want to talk about the future. Because, oh. <laughs> well, mostly because I, it's just something I think about a lot. And I've, it's not like I've been doing this thing for so long. I think I started out in graphic design maybe like 15 years ago or something. And so mm-hmm. this was when, you know, uh, d- the big desktop publishing revolution had just started. And what used to be eight different jobs were now, you know, one job that you do on your computer and you're, you call yourself yeah. a graphic designer. Um, right. But there was still a lot of kind of like... I wouldn't say a lot of, but some manual labor in, in, involved. But um, I've just mm-hmm. for for illustrators, I always think if if you're if you now make the decision to you want to become an illustrator, I feel like five or ten years from now, if you're not if you're not at least open to the idea of creating, you know, motion and animation, then you might not have an easy time finding a job. And and similarly, whenever um, young up and coming designers ask me what what kind of direction to go in i i i tend to tell them to focus on either motion design or cgi um Mm -hmm. because that's where the money's at but that's that's not necessarily good advice because if your heart's not in it then (laughs) you're you're just going to end up being miserable but like right to get back to my question (laughs) where do you see the future of design and do you have any advice for young folks considering a career in the commercial arts today um, you know, I haven't really put too much thought into this question because um, I'm like definitely just trying to make it through each day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like thinking about, you know, the, the future of like design and illustration, it's, it's, it's tough, but I completely agree. Like I've, I've had a number of clients more recently ask if I can design, illustrate, and animate everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I've lent, uh, sort of like, or at least pushed myself into more of the animation realm as well, because I know, uh, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because of TikTok or reels or whatever, um, animation is a hot commodity, like things that move is a hot commodity because I know, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to drive more engagement because a moving picture is, uh, you know, a bit more eye catching, I guess, than a static picture. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I would hundred percent agree with you in terms of like telling the same, you know, young up and coming designers focus on your illustration and your design, but also keep in mind like, okay, how can I learn animation to make all this stuff move as well? Because, um, it's a, it's a hot commodity right now. I'm surprised at how much, uh, or how many projects I've gotten more recently where they expect me to do animation as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, whereas before, you know, like five or 10 years ago, you would specifically hire an animator that is solely focused on animation. But I think more more recently, um, because of the fact that, you know, maybe social media is changing, like it's changing the game, changing the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like, to me too, it's almost like, you know, at some point we might hit an, an overload or an overkill sort of moment where you like, you know, you're walking in Times Square and you see all these L, uh, LCD screens or whatever and mm-hmm. everything's moving and you just like can't focus on anything. Yeah. 
So that's my biggest concern with that is like, is there going to be a little bit too much? Um, but obviously only time will tell. Um, so I don't know if that helps answer the question, but like I haven't put too much thought into this. <laughs> I saw on your Twitter that you're um, soon teaching people lettering, right? This is true. Uh, I, I am taking, or sorry, teaching a uh, type design course at Arizona State University. So the same place that I got my um, degree from, cool. they asked me to come back and teach this uh, type design course. Um, That's awesome. Alongside uh, Lindsay Kincaid, who's uh, the, the co-teacher for this class. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting going back and teaching as well as, you know, I'm teaching and then I'm also going to school myself and then doing music and design. Like I'm juggling a little bit too much right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's nice to see and experience that sort of, uh, I guess, environment again so that I can sort of like be in the know of like, what do the kids want? You know, like what are the kids like looking for or um, like how can I help guide them to? That's kind of the, yeah. the biggest reason why I took this role is I want to be able to um, push that design program in the right direction mm -hmm. um, because it's, It's, uh, it can be rooted in a very, um, uh, what's the word? Kind of just like, it's kind of stagnant is maybe the word to put it. And so mm -hmm. it just needs it. It needs a little life. It needs a little zhuzh. So, yeah. yeah. Have you noticed any changes from whenever you went to school? Is there, are the kids all about designing for the blockchain now? Or I'm, I'm sounding so old. <laughs> What do I... <laughs> Is, uh, you know, that's, that's a good question if they're doing that. You know, from my understanding, uh, from afar, I haven't been, you know, since my first uh, teaching experience was uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm still very new and fresh mm. into everything to, okay. to see like what truly has changed. But from afar, it looks like not much has changed. Mm -hmm. um, it's just because, you know, it's a tried and true method that they've got going on there. And I get it. You know, it's working. But um, sometimes they, the kids come out of that program with uh, very cookie cutter portfolios. And that's kind of why I'm trying to like, okay guys, we need to step it up here. Like mm -hmm. times are changing. Like, you know, we're talking about animation here. Let's like maybe lean into the animation side of things or even leaning into more like art and illustration side of things. Um, anything to like sort of change things up a bit because like times are changing. So we got to like keep up with everything. Very true. Absolutely. Yeah. But it does sound like a lot. Like you teaching, you're also going to school, then you have to practice two instruments and also maintain a job full time. Yep, that's it. I was just thinking to myself, like I woke up this morning and I was like, how the hell am I juggling all this stuff right now? I truly don't know. Um, you know, and I'm worried about hitting that burnout stage um, again because of all the stuff I'm doing. But I am very good at time management. So, you know, maybe that's why I've been... Um, able to like manage it this far. Like I've, because I've been going to school for uh, about six months now. Mm -hmm. And like the process has been going very smooth. And every semester I almost like up my uh, class structure. So like I'll take, I took one class, now I'm taking two. And hopefully I'll take mm -hmm. three at one point while simultaneously doing everything else. And so, yeah, it's like, I'm just keep giving myself more work. Um, but with time management, it's pretty easy to like, you know, be able to balance everything. Um, but it's, it just depends on like, you know, how, how am I doing that day? Because sometimes it's just like, you know, am I going to wake up feeling like, oh, I don't want to work today? Because that's when it gets hard. <laughs> um, but what do you mean by time management? Do you just, 
is there a specific thing you're doing or do, are you just naturally good at that? Uh, no, you know, yeah, that, that's a good question too. Like, I don't know if there's like one specific thing. It's more of, so what I like to do um, with, uh, I'm sure you've seen from like the work that I share, I get bored so easily. And because of that, I juggle all kinds of projects and I try to do like a little bit each day. So if I have like a big project that's due in a month and it's like, like a huge poster set, I'll do like a little bit of a poster here and then I'll jump over to this project here and I'll do like a little bit of a t-shirt here. I'll jump over to something okay. else. And so like in the span of like an eight hour day, I'm like almost like taking little bites of everything mm -hmm. so that by the end of the week, like you're making a shitload of progress as opposed to, um, you know, doing in sort of like you know, sticking your head down and just jamming on it until it's complete. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how I like to work because also in between those moments, um, you have these ideas or things that might pop into your head to then uh, dive into these projects. So like if I get stuck on this one project, I know, okay, I'll set it off to the side, start on this other project. Mm. And it kind of just helps that cycle just like it turns into this snowball effect where like, I'm not worried about getting stuck mm -hmm. on a project or like getting um, sort of frustrated because I know that everything gets done at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I'm making progress towards like the bigger picture, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So um, I don't know if that helps in terms of like explaining my time management, but um, <laughs> I, I find it very useful to do that. But I know everybody's process is completely different. So like that's what works for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I also... <laughs> And this might be insane to most most people. I get up at 4.30 in the morning. Wait, what? Uh, what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, there it is. Voluntarily? It is. Voluntarily. <laughs> wow. So like, I don't know what it is about my circadian rhythm, but I wake up at 4.30 on my own. Like I don't set an alarm. I don't do anything. I just get up at 4.30 and I'm, like, I'm ready to go. So I'm gonna my be day honest with you. That's pretty early. That's weird. 4.30, that's... <laughs> That's too, that's too early. I know. Sorry. I, I completely agree. Every time I tell somebody that, they're like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like wake up with like a ton of energy and I'm ready to just like sort of get the day going. And that's when I'm most focused too. Mm -hmm. It's like the world is silent. I'm the only one awake is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And I just start getting to work at 4.30 and I just get so much work done. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I get I a lot of work yeah. done. No distractions. So, no. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So give it a shot, guys. Get up at 4 30 with me. <laughs> no thanks. I'm <laughs> good. That's okay. It is pretty insane. But I also, just for those listening later on down the line, I go to bed at like nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I still get my seven hours. Good. Like I'm just an old man. That's all okay. it is. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, apart from the fact that you get up at 4.30, um, I think it's it's that's still good advice, though, to just just do a little something every day. For each of those you yeah. know, seven mm. projects you're working on, do a little something every day. It took me so long to realize that that's, that that's the way to go. I'm sure it's not the yeah. only way to do it, but it's it's really, it's it's been working for me. And just also, well, as, as opposed to, you know, let's say you have a, a week to finish an illustration and you don't you do not do anything for five days and then you have to pull two all-nighters in a row. Right. But also, right. It, it took me at least 10 years to, to realize this, but if you, the fear of the blank canvas is 
not an issue if you just get started right away. Even if you don't have yes. any time right now, you get the creative brief or whatever, or you you come up with your own project, um, and you're mm. not sure when you'll you'll have the time for it. Just start right now and just put in five or ten minutes. You can definitely you know find ten minutes to to work on it, and it'll yeah. be so much easier to get back to it later on. I completely agree. I f I find myself sort of hitting that point too, where I'm like, oh man, like I have no ideas right now, but I'll, I'll just sketch something really shitty and mm -hmm. really light and just get something down mm -hmm. because then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to set this off to the side and then, um, you know, kind of like let life happen. Yeah. Um, and that's where the sort of inspiration comes from anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree with that. Very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh talking to us of course yeah this has been a great conversation absolutely yeah. so much this fun. has been fun this has been um, just an hour went by so fast yeah it i did. agree like i could talk for another three hours if you guys want to but we no, could. i really can't i have so much work to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well your day is just starting ours is over um we're having a, i think what eight hour time difference from arizona to yeah what what's germany mm. oh so what time is it where you where it's you guys are Seven thirty-six p.m oh it's time for bed practically yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah you definitely <laughs> before we go to bed uh do you want to tell our listeners again where to find your work Of course, uh, I go by You Bring Fire across everything. So Twitter, Instagram, Dribble, Behance, my domain, you know, all the stuff. You Bring Fire, all spelled out. Cool. Awesome. Well, Scott, thanks so much. Um, good luck with all your various uh, projects and endeavors. <laughs> um, I hope you get some sleep. Um, good luck with your music <laughs> career, too. I'm honestly, I'm super curious to see where that all goes. I will yeah, definitely follow along. Me too. Um, thank you i appreciate it cool yeah i'm super stoked awesome. uh thanks again for having me uh this is a great conversation and um i'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do too like i i victoria i need to i need to find you on instagram and follow you as well and then we can just follow along with each other and and just keep in touch and and just yeah go from there definitely cool. yeah let's do it all right so awesome guys we've just become best friends um, yes, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much, Scott. And to our listeners, um, thanks for still listening to this thing. This was episode four. Um, we'll be back with more interviews next week. And um, that's, that's all I got to say. I'm sorry. That's it. It's the end. <laughs> Don't <it>. apologize. <laughs> It's too late. Sorry for apologizing. It won't happen again. <laughs> anyway, bye. Thanks for tuning in to Paid to Draw. Please don't forget to subscribe to get all the latest episodes and leave a five-star review. Don't miss out on all the exciting interviews we have coming up. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Paid to Draw Podcast. I'm at Vicunia underscore illustration. And I'm at David Leuter. That's at David, L-E-U-T-E-R-T. The music is by Amanda Depp, that's Amanda and D-E-F-F. -F. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>